Hey guys, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor, and we thank you for joining us today as we discover what God's Word has to say to us. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a rating, review, share it with your friends or family, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, and welcome to Thrive Church. We are so glad to see you and to have you here with us, whether you're here with us live or whether you're watching us online, we are so glad to have you uh, joining together with us as we are in our series called Brave. In our series called Brave. And, uh, and last week, we talked about braving the waves, the storms that come in our life. Anyone ever face any storms in your life? A couple of you have faced some storms in our life. And, and we learned about how oftentimes what we need to do is learn to speak to the storms that are inside of us before God will take care of the storms outside of us. And, uh, and a lot of times, you know, we, we just, uh, we think, you know, God is sleeping like he was with the disciples in the boat. He's, Jesus is sleeping in the boat, but he comes up and he says, peace, be still. And sometimes we need to speak that to the storms that are in our own lives. Well, uh, we're going to be continuing this talk about being brave. And, uh, you know, all of us could probably use a little bit more courage and bravery from time to time in our lives. We're going to start out by looking at Philippians uh, chapter 4, verse 1. You can follow along in the live section of the Version app, or you can follow along on the scriptures on the screen, or uh, in your Bible if you have one. Uh, Philippians 4, 1, uh, we're going to start here, and it says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand, what? Stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Stand firm. How many of you sometimes feel like, you know what, I'm just barely standing, okay? You know, sometimes just standing is courage, uh, you know, it takes courage in and of itself to stand firm in the Lord. Sometimes just being able to stand means that you're stronger than you think that you are. Sometimes just standing, just getting up in the morning is saying, you know what, I can do this. I can make it through another day. We're going to skip down in Philippians, verse, uh, still chapter 4. We're going to read in verse 8. He says, finally, now, now Paul is saying this here, and does anybody know what it means when a preacher says, finally? <laughs> Absolutely nothing, right? I mean, it's like he says, finally, and then he just keeps on going. So, uh, anyhow, finally, he says, brothers and sisters... Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, do what? Think about such things. Think about such things. What kind of things do you find yourself thinking about in your day-to-day life? Are you thinking about the things that are true and noble and lovely and, and honorable? Or are we thinking about things that are maybe less than lovely and honorable? Are we thinking about things that are, that are maybe life-controlling addictions, or thinking about angry thoughts, or holding grudges, or, or any number of things? What things are you thinking about? He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything... Is excellent or praiseworthy thing about such things. Verse 9. He says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. 
And what does that last line say? And the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace. Now, this is interesting because in verse 7, we're going to skip back a little bit. Verse 7, we have verse 7. It says, and the what? The peace of God. But, but, but verse 9, can we go back to verse 9? He says, and the God of peace. We're not just talking about the peace of God, not just a, 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 a resource that God provides, but you have the God of peace. Not just the peace that God gives you, but you have the creator of the peace. He says the peace of God, but then he goes on to say, and the God of peace will be with you, not just his resources, but him himself. We, we learn about being anxious for, for no thing. Nothing should, should cause us anxiety and fear. We shouldn't be anxious for anything, but instead think about these things, these things that are true, these things that are noble, these things that are right, these things that are pure and lovely and, and admirable. Think about these things. That word think uh, in, in the Greek is logizomai, uh, uh, which means this. It's interesting. It means to count or calculate, to weigh. Like, imagine weighing something. Say, I'm going to see how much this is. You know, I took my, uh, my family backpack in a couple weeks back. And, and I'm, like, really into ultralight backpacking. So I pack up everything. And then before we go out, I weigh my backpack. Because I want to see how much am I carrying. I weigh it. That's what it says. It says, think about it. It says, weigh these things. Calculate these things. Calculate how many good things are going on in your life. Calculate the lovely things. Weigh, consider, think about these things that are noble. Because when we have an anxious heart, it robs our peace, doesn't it? Man, you don't have much peace when you're anxious, are you? I mean, man, you're anxious about something, not sure what's going to go on. I mean, you don't. Take this. I was driving home like three, four weeks ago. And, and I pull up onto my road and I'm going up the road like I always do. But on the side road, there was a cop sitting there like he doesn't ever do. And he pulls right out behind me and flashes his light. Now let me tell you, I don't have peace at that moment. I have anxiety at that moment. I'm like, what, what in the world am I going to do? And, and I, I found that, at least for me, I'm not saying it gets you out of anything, but I found that honesty is the best policy. And he comes up and I just say, officer, I was speeding. I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, you were. He's like, there's kids that live here in this neighborhood. I'm like, yeah, I have some of them. <laughs> I'm like, I shouldn't have been speeding. I'm sorry. And he, he let me go with a warning. But, but for those few moments, I didn't have much peace because I had what? I had anxiety. I had fear of what he was going to do. Is he going to lock me up? What's going to go on here? When we have anxiety, it robs our peace. And an unfocused mind, it breaks our faith. See, faith and fear are not opposites. Oftentimes we think about fear as the opposite of faith. But really, really it's not. There's a lot in common between faith and fear. What's the thing that's, that's common about faith and fear? They're both powered by focus. 
Both power by, if you're consumed with fear, you're like, man, everything in the world is just going crazy. All this stuff in our government and in our world and in terrorism and all these things are just crazy. If you have fear, it's probably because you're focusing on something that's not good. It's probably because you're focusing on something that's building those fears up in your life. You're focusing on the wrong things. What do we focus on most of the time? We focus on what we can't do. Man, Christians love to do this. People that go to church love to, I'm going to focus on the things I can't do. I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. And what, what happens when we focus on the things that we can't do? You, you can't, but, I mean, it makes us want to do them. Think about Adam and Eve, right? They live in this beautiful garden. They can do anything they want there. They can eat anything except this one tree, and they keep focusing on, I can't have that, I can't have that, I can't have that, I can't have that. It's like they say scarcity, right? If you heard today that there, there's, you know, uh, you know, that ice cream is scarce, <laughs> then, then, then we're all going to, what are we going to do? I mean, you're going to be like shoving people out of the way on your way out of here. Like, I got to go stock up on ice cream. I don't even like ice cream, but I got to stock up on it because it's scarce right now because I'm thinking about what I, what I might not be able to have. It's like dieters. Anyone a dieter? Anyone ever have a dieter? Have a diet before me? Some of you are chronic dieters. Some of you are, are, are frustrated dieters. Some are would-be dieters. Some of you were dieters in January, and you said, you know, that's it. I'm done with that. But, but what's the problem with dieting? A lot of times we're so focused on, I can't have this, I can't have this. And what does it make us want? That very thing. Like, man, I, I have never wanted that more than I want it now after you said I can't have it. It's like, hey, if, if we're going to have a good diet, what's the best way to have a good diet? It's not to say what you can't have. is to say, here's what you can have in unlimited quantities. You know, you want to eat something? Go eat this. This is good and healthy for you. And you're like, okay, that's great. I'm focusing on what I can have, not on what I can't have. He says to think about these things, these good things. The things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely. Think about these things that are admirable. What are we spending our time thinking about? Faith is simply a byproduct of correct focus. Faith is a byproduct of thinking about the right things. You're praying for God to give you faith. God, give me more faith. God, give me more faith. And, and, and God's saying, I just want you to improve your focus. Start thinking about the right things and you'll get more faith. But I can't give you more faith while you're focusing on all the negative, all the horrible things that are going on in this world. Anyone ever played any sports before? Sport? A couple of you guys play sports? I found the secret to success. For any ball sport, okay, so baseball, soccer, football, basketball, rugby, doesn't matter. If it, if it has a ball, there's one secret, at least when you're little, there's one secret to success. Anybody know what it is? Keep your eye, where? On the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. I mean, you can't swing and hit it if your eye's not on the ball. You can't catch it if your eye's not on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball, Man, you're learning how to bat. Your kid's looking at the bat. No, that's not where you look. You keep your eye on the ball. You know, 
we try to make things more complicated than that. Oh, we got to do this and that. Keep your eye on the ball. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. He says, we do this by keeping our eyes where? On Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He initiates it. In the King James, it says the author and the finisher of our faith. And I love that because, because a lot of times people, they say, oh, I want to write a book. Has, has anybody ever said, I want to write a book before? So, okay, a couple of you. Now, you started the book, and now maybe you finished it, but most people never finish the book. Man, most people, because we're the author, but we're not the finisher. We started it, but we're not finishing it. And it says here that, that he's the author and the finisher. It says, in New Living, it says he initiates and he perfects. He starts it, but he also perfects it. But it says we do this by doing what? By keeping our eyes on Jesus. What are you looking at? Are you looking at fear? Are you looking at the scary things in the news? We're looking at the, 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 the crazy things that go on? Man, we're going to find that, aren't we? Are we looking at the trouble that's coming in our lives? We're looking at the storms. We're looking at the winds. We're looking at the waves. No wonder we're like Peter and we start to sink. He's out there walking on the water, but what happens when he takes his eyes off Jesus and he starts looking at the wind and the waves and the storms? Guess what happens? He begins to sink. And that's when we sink in our life. We're saying, I can't stand firm. I'm sinking. Maybe it's because we're spending too much of our focus, too much of our energy looking at the wind and the waves and the storms instead of focusing on these things what's true and right and lovely and admirable. Man, we, we're just so focused on that. But we need to instead keep our eyes on the ball. Keep our eyes on Jesus instead. Man, Paul, he, he goes on to talk about the battles that we face in our life and, and how the battles, we fight the battles in our life with different kinds of weapons. We don't fight them with swords and guns. We fight these battles differently. And there might be, be thoughts that torment you in your life. And if you have thoughts that are tormenting you in your life, reoccurring thoughts, obsessive thoughts, thoughts that come and they haunt you over and over again, if you have thoughts, I would encourage you to memorize this verse. Memorize this verse. Hide it in your heart. Think about it. Activate it and act on this verse in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Now this verse is very similar to the one we just read in Philippians, but it's kind of different, and I'll explain how they connect in a minute. But let's look what it says here. 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. And then what does it say? We capture the rebellious thoughts. And we teach them to obey Christ. We capture these thoughts that come into our minds, these thoughts, these fearful thoughts, these evil thoughts. We capture them and we teach them to obey Christ. Man, you're having a thought and it contradicts what the Bible says. It contradicts what God's word says. Then it's time to get rid of that thought. Man, God promised you something in your life. He promised you something, but something different's happened. It's time to demolish those thoughts. It's time to kick those thoughts out. We need to, to take captive of our thoughts. What is holding you back? Think about it for a moment. What is holding you back in your life? He said, if only this thing wasn't there. If only I didn't do this thing in my past. If only, if only, if only, if this situation was different. If, if I didn't have this addiction, then I could move forward. What is holding you 
back from all that you are called to be? What is holding you back from accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish in life? What is holding you back from changing you into the person that God wants you to be? I bet right now you could list these things out. I mean, we're not stupid here. You know what things are holding you back. You say, oh, I know. I know what's holding me back in my life. You know what they are. But guess what? Guess what? Those things aren't holding you back. Think about that. Those things aren't holding you back. You're saying they're holding you back, but I guarantee you there's people in here, maybe in the same row as you, that are dealing with those exact same things that you're dealing with, and it's not holding them back. They're dealing with the same thing, but they're overcoming those things. They're beating those things. They have faith through it. They have courage, and they're getting the victory through it. Those things aren't holding us back. We need to quit making excuses for our apathy. We need to quit making excuses for our past. We need to quit making excuses for the brokenness that we feel in our lives. Quit making excuses for those things. Because it's not a thing that's holding you back. It's how you think about that thing that's holding you back. Man, for somebody, if you can get a hold of that, it can set you free. It's not the thing that's holding you back. It's how you think about the thing that's holding you back. We need to stop and think about what we're thinking about. Does that make sense? We need to stop and think. What am I thinking about? And then we need to stand firm. See, sometimes these thoughts, they're just so natural. They just come into it. They just come, we just, oh, it's in my head. I got to sit here and think about it. No, you need to stop and think about what you're thinking about. Think about such things. Think about the things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things. You can think about these things in unlimited quantity. But we need to stop and think about these things. Turn to somebody next to you and say, hold that thought. Hold, no, come on, say it with me. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. See, there's a lot of good things. You know, there, you get a good thought. Man, a good thought, maybe a thought, maybe a scripture verse or a good thought. Says, hey, you know what? The Bible says I'm more than an overcomer. I'm going to grab that thought and I'm going to hold that thought. I'm going to hold on to that thought. I'm going to think about that thought. Somebody encourages you. Man, so many people go through their whole lives because they feel worthless because their dad once told them that they're a loser. And man, people come around you all the time and they're like, you're great, you're good, you're good at this. You're good. But none of that matters because you're holding on to the wrong thought. You hear the good thought? Hold that thought. So we need to think about these things. We need to hold on to these thoughts that, that give us life, the thoughts that say, you can do it, you can conquer this. There's freedom through Christ. God isn't done with you yet. You can make it through whatever you're trying to make it through. And here's the interesting thing. We hold on to what is true, but everything that is a fact is not true. It was a fact that Jesus was hung on the cross. It was a fact that the disciples left him. It was a fact that they were all hiding, scared for their lives when he was dead in the grave. But that wasn't the truth. Because Jesus took the fact and he turned it into the biggest victory of mankind. And man, what is a fact maybe in your life right now might not be what's true. Because what's true is that the truth will set you free. Here's the thing. You can't always choose your thoughts. Did you know that? You can't choose them. 
And sometimes that's why we feel so bad about ourselves. Like, I keep thinking about all this stuff. I keep thinking about all this stuff. I must be a horrible person because I had this thought. You can't choose your thoughts. Right? You can choose things. My dad used to say you can, choose, you, can, you can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose, right? You can't choose your thoughts either. Man, they come at you. But what you can choose is you can choose to hold on to the thought. Because often, see, here's the thing. We can hold on to a thought or we find out that there's a thought that's holding on to us. There's a thought that's holding on to you, and it's holding on, and it's leading you around. No, you're supposed to be the one leading it on, but it's leading you around. Maybe you have the fear of failure. You're just so afraid you don't want to fail. Think, oh, failure, failure is the opposite of success. It's not. Do you know that failure is not the opposite of success? The opposite of success is unfaithfulness to God. Because sometimes in life, there's things that God will lead you to do that aren't going to be successful in the world's standards. People will look at you and say, oh, you didn't succeed at that. Well, I just followed God. I thought I was supposed to do this. I thought he showed me to do it, but it wasn't successful. Maybe what he was trying to accomplish wasn't some big success outwardly, but it was teaching you something inwardly. Because I know that God says if we love him and we're called to his purpose, he's going to work all these things together for good. See, failure is not the opposite of success. It's unfaithfulness. Some people are just so afraid of failing. Some people are so afraid of commitment. I don't want to commit because I've had commitments that have failed me in the past. We need to hold on to these good thoughts. And we need to do what? To take captive. Take captive of the bad thoughts. Some people say, well, if you have a bad thought, you need to let it go. 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 (laughs) It's not going to hold you back anymore. Let it go. But you know what the problem is with my bad thoughts? Maybe not your bad thoughts. I throw my bad thoughts away, and it's like a boomerang. I'm like, boom, like, oh, let it go, let it go, and boom, and it hits me in the head again. I'm like, what in the world? The thought came back around again. See, we don't let it go. You get a terrorist that comes into your country, you don't let them go. You lock them up, and you throw away the key. I'm sorry, I don't trust you, and I will never trust you. I'm not going to let you go, because you're going to come back around again. Did you know there's such thing as terrorist thoughts? See, the battlefield is not out there. The battlefield is in our mind. It's in our head. It's in our brain. That's where the battlefield is. We need, if we want to be brave in life, guess what? We got to be brave in our brain first. We got to be brave there first. So what do we do? We need to take those thoughts and we need to take them captive. We need to interrogate them. Now, I've never done any interrogation, but I've watched a lot of movies, so it makes me an authority on it. And and I had a friend that was an interrogator, and he's told me some cool stories. So so here's what you got to do. You got to take those thoughts, and you got to interrogate them. Because these thoughts have come out. There's a plot to steal from you, to kill you, to destroy you. Now, does this thought fit in with that list that we were reading? Whatever is pure and lovely and admirable, does the thought fit in there? If not, we need to set up a TSA. You know what I'm saying? Darren, you worked at TSA, right? Yeah. Well, what does it mean? What does TSA mean? 
The, the Transportation Security Administration. You need to set up a Thought Security Administration, okay? A Thought Security. We need to make those thoughts go through some metal detectors, take off their shoes, take off their belts, put the things through the x-ray and say, what, what's going on here? Where are you coming from? Man, we got to hold on to the good thoughts. Take, take hold of what's been holding on to you. Because you say, well, well letting go isn't really working for me. We need, to, we need to take these things captive. And you say, well, what authority do I have? Man, we got a badge. We got a badge through God's Word. God's Word gives us the authority to take these thoughts captive. Now, I'm not saying, we're not saying, oh, I'm stronger than you. I'm not stronger than this thought, but I'm representing something. I'm representing someone that is stronger, who gives us the authority over every evil imagination. Now you sit down and shut up and tell me where you came from. Tell me where you came from. So we need to take these things captive. You know, I kind of thought about calling this, what in hell are you thinking? Because <laughs> that's where a lot of our thoughts are coming from. Man, where did you come from? Certainly didn't come from God. That's not where it came from. i got to find out where it came from. And if it doesn't fit in that list, then I know where it came from. It came from my enemy who's sending a terrorist thought into my mind. And then we need to find out where is it going. Because sometimes finding out where it's going will give us clues about the mission. Man, you're like, oh, I'm just so afraid of failure. I'm just so afraid of failure. I just can't do anything. Why are you afraid of failure? Well, I feel like God's called me to do something, but I just can't do it because I'm so afraid of failure. And, and, and it, you know, it's like we have these, these fears and we have these thoughts and we're, we're not doing it. Where are you going? This thought's coming in to stop you from doing what God wants. And we say, hey, wait a minute. I can turn this back around on you. You're coming to attack the very thing God wants me to do. So thank you for giving me the assurance that I'm on the right path now. I'm doing the right thing because you're coming to try to discourage me from it. I always say, if you're playing football, you ain't getting hit if you're sitting on the sidelines. The ones that are getting hit are the ones making the runs. We need to take hold of what's been holding on to us for far too long. Take hold of these things that have been holding on to us. It's not supposed to be leading you. I read in a, in, uh, an article from USA Today about this kid Kevin Insiaki of Sierra Madre, California. This article was several years ago, but anyhow, at the time, Kevin was nine years old, and he was fascinated, fixated, obsessed with garbage. Garbage, like, like really garbage. Like not, not, I'm not saying figuratively, like garbage. Like what goes in the garbage can? I mean, he, he loved garbage containers and garbage trucks and garbage processing plants. And, and they, have, they had photos of him inspecting the garbage at SeaWorld. His family would collect pictures from all over the world of garbage trucks of the world. And, and someone asked his mom what it was like, and his mom, Marcia, said this. She said, it's been garbage since he was two years old. You have no idea what it's like. Having a child who has a passion for trash. <laughs> what are you focused on? What are you focused on? Are we focused on the garbage of this world or are we focused on God? Do you have a passion for trash? 
Do you have a passion for track? We need to get out of the garbage business. We need to stop thinking about those things that are dragging us down. We need to stop hanging out at the dump. We're wondering, why, why do I come home stinking every day? It's because you spend so much time hanging out at the dump instead of hanging out in a place that's honorable to God. And we spend all of our time and energy being focused on trash. What we need is we need some mind control. Man, people, oh, I'd love to be able to have mind control. Man, stop worrying about controlling somebody else's mind. Start learning how to control your own mind. We interrogate those thoughts. We take those thoughts and we sit them down. Who sent you and where are you going? Man, I got this fear coming into my life. Is this fear coming from God? It says in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. God hasn't given you, you got a fear. He's, oh, oh, ISIS this, or oh, shootings this, or oh, whatever, you know, whatever you're afraid of. Sit that thing down and talk to it a little bit. Say, where did you come from? Did you come from God? Well, God didn't give you the spirit of fear, so where did it come from? Man, what in hell are you thinking? That's what we're thinking. We're thinking these thoughts from hell are coming straight at us, and we're thinking them, and then they get a hold of us, and they're leading us on in our lives. So sometimes our fears, they help us to to know our future. They help us to know what God has called us to. And when we start feeling, you know, hey, this is what God wants me to do, you need to hold on to that thought. You start feeling, you know, hey, I can do this. You need to hold on to that thought. You start thinking something good and lovely and admirable. You need to hold that thought. Somebody says, hey, you did a great job with this. You need to hold that thought. You read in the Bible, he says that you're an overcomer. You need to hold that thought. You're more than a conqueror. You need to hold that thought. Joshua 1.9 says, this is my command. Be what? Be strong and courageous. What does he say? Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Sound good, huh? How do you get to this? How do you get, you got to back up a verse. You got to read the verse before it. Verse 8 says, what study this book of instruction continually. Meditate. Think about it. Think about it again. Think about it again. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. You read a verse like we just talked about. Taking these thoughts captive. Hold that thought. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in only then. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. See, we're holding on to the wrong thoughts here. Man, we got some thoughts. They're holding on to us. They're latched into us. They got their fangs in us. They're dragging us around like, like a, you know, a cow with a, with a hook in its nose and it's just dragging us around. We're following that thought wherever it may go. And it comes into all these problems in our lives because we're holding on to the wrong thought. Anyone know what this is? It's a water filter. So the purpose of this is you go and you don't have water. You stick this in. doesn't matter what kind of water it is. It could be a muddy hole, whatever. Stick it in there. You pump. The water squirts out and it's drinkable. Purifies the water. Filters the water. What does this thing do? It takes all the bad stuff out. It filters it out. See, God's word is like this filter. It helps us to realize what things are coming in and what things are going out and say, that is an intruder. We need to keep that out. We need to take that thought captive. Don't let it go. We need to take it captive. We need to find out what it's doing here and where it's going. Man, when we take this, we, we, we meditate on God's word. We apply God's word and it enables us to guard 
our heart. We need to hold that thought. We need to meditate on God's word. We take that verse we talked about a few minutes ago. We memorize it. We meditate on it. We hold that thought. See, I'm not talking about just coming to church once a week. Oh, I come to church once a week and I hear God's word and I'm good for the week. No, we need to hold that thought. What good's an hour on Sunday going to do? We're pumping hours and hours and hours of garbage into our minds every single day. I'm not saying don't watch TV. I'm not saying don't read the news. What I am saying is we need to make sure that we're holding on to the thoughts that God wants us to instead of letting these fearful, evil thoughts hold on to us. No wonder our butt's getting kicked. Because we're holding on to the wrong thoughts. What are you exposing yourself to? What are you exposing yourself to? What do you watch? What do you read? We need to set up security system. We need to set up the TSA in our life. We need to send those things through the metal detector. We need to guard whatever comes in and whatever comes out. Philippians 4.9. It says... Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it, what? Put it into practice. It's saying do it. Don't just, don't just listen to it. Don't just be a hearer of it, but do it. Put it into practice. And what? The God of peace will be with you. See, we want peace. We pray for peace. We pray for peace. But we don't guard our thoughts. We don't take captive our thoughts. We're like, I want peace, God. But I, I'm going to think about all this garbage in my life. We, know, we, know, we need to focus on the things that are good and true and admirable and lovely. We need to put it into practice. But here's the cool thing. This God of peace is not just with you. He's in you. Man, that Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, is in you and he's alive. If God is for me, who can ever be against me? Man, if God is in me, then he is for me. I don't care what goes on in this world. I can still have peace because I'm focused on what is good and true and right because we're going to hold that thought. Hold that thought. I'm free. You know, the Bible says whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. Let's hold that thought. Man, we say, you know, Christ has come to deliver us. Doesn't matter what addictions we face, he wants to deliver us. Let's hold that thought. You need to be healed. Well, let's, let's look at the verses in the Bible that talk about that and hold those thoughts. See, Joshua, he could have the promise of being strong and courageous, but he had to hold the thought. He had to know God's word, he had to meditate on it, he had to, to hold that thought of what's good and admirable. You can't control your thoughts, but you can control the ones you hold on to. You can control the ones that you hold on to. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is is what thought we hold on to. we got to realize we have an enemy, and he's sending in terrorist thoughts into your life and into your mind to distract you and to give you fear. And he wants you to hold on to those things. But he says, no, 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 no. Think about these things. Whatever's pure and lovely and admirable, hold those thoughts. Keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on Jesus. Don't let the wind and the waves start distracting you. Don't let these things come at you. Don't let the news start distracting you. Hold that thought. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. And we, and we see in your word that, that you've given us the ideas of some thoughts that we can hold on to, some things that are, are admirable and true and lovely, some things that are good. And Lord, we just ask you to 
Help us to take these bad thoughts, these things that come at us, these thoughts of fear and anxiety, these thoughts of addiction, these thoughts of unfaithfulness, these thoughts of lust, these thoughts of, uh, of, of lying and thoughts of deceit. Take these, help us to take these thoughts captive. We realize where they came from. They didn't come from you. They came from hell. They came from our enemy who's trying to kill, steal, and destroy us. Help us to take those thoughts captive and focus on what's good and lovely and right. Help us to hold that thought. Maybe some of you here, maybe the enemy's been terrorizing you for a long time. You felt like maybe, maybe I can't be loved by God. I said, Judah, you just don't know the things that I've done in my life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You might feel like you've been stuck for too long. Things have been holding you back. It doesn't matter. It's greater is he that it's in us than he that's in the world. Jesus says that he will forgive all of our sins. So what I want to invite you to do is to say a prayer. There's no, there's no power in, the, in these words that we say. There's power in the faith that we express. And if we believe that Jesus is Lord and we express it to him, God's word says that we're saved. And now we need to begin to take captive those thoughts that try to pull us away, that try to hold us back thoughts on what's good. Keep our eyes on Christ. If you want to express your faith with me, I would encourage you to join me in this prayer of Heavenly Father. Please forgive me of all of my past. I'm going to put you first in my life. And I put my faith in you. Help me to take captive thoughts of fear of anxiety of anything that wants to pull me away from you and help me to think about what's true and pure and lovely and admirable in Jesus name Amen Thanks for joining us today if you'd like to learn more about our church you can go and visit us at www thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.